heard the rest. Now here's the best. Stay tuned, sports podcast. And hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. And welcome to NFL Draft Eve. Well, I mean, it's Wednesday now, so by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be actually NFL Draft Day. So, But either way, with no sports pretty much going on for the past couple months, at least we have some sense of sports coming up with the NFL Draft, even though I have a feeling it's going to be a total shit show with this virtual uh, drafting thing. But before we get into the show itself, head over, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. All the videos are updated on the YouTube channel um, as far as past episodes and things like that. And also, this past week, I unveiled a new Teespring t-shirt in honor of the Stay Tuned Sports iRacing car. If you head over, When you head over to our Twitter account, uh, the pinned tweet is actually our... Uh, Teespring store so we have a couple shirts there plus the new iRacing car uh, which is drove by Scott Crump and little update of this past week's race I mean I I was just sick to my stomach for him Uh, 175 laps he led 109 of them and I mean just total dominated the the race itself um, at one point, he was actually up like four or five seconds on the second place car. And with about 30 or so laps left in the race, a lap car took him out. But I will give him a lot of respect, a lot of credit. He stuck it out to, to, to end the race out there on the track. Even with the bad damage to the car, he still ended in, I believe, ninth or 10th place, which, you know, the way the, the front of the car looked, kudos to him. Hell of a job, Scott. Next week, definitely think you'll get them. So, but, uh, and as far as NASCAR iRacing, no drama this week. No, no rage quitting or... Racial slurs being dropped, you know, so so that's that's good for them, you know. No news is good news, as they always say. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to start off, you know, this last past weekend, I should say, this past Sunday, uh, The Last Dance was aired, the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary of that dynasty and everything, and I mean, on one hand, probably because there's no sports, it you know everybody wanted to tune in to watch it, and it was one of the highest viewed TV shows in the past few months, past couple years, whatever. I didn't get to watch it Sunday night because obviously I had work the next day, but I got to watch the first two episodes uh, these past couple days, and I'll tell you what, there was a lot of things in there I didn't know about. Um, growing up as a kid, I wasn't basketball, you know, obviously Michael Jordan was my idol. Um, Chicago Bulls were one of my first teams to really like and follow and, and root them on because, you know, you know yourself, you know, when you're a kid, you always want to root for the winner. Um, 
But watching like the old clips of Jordan when he was with the Bulls and going with this, you know, who who's the GOAT of the NBA, Jordan or LeBron or Kobe. You watch these videos and I, I understand, you know, it's different era, different time, different rules, you know, like all the excuses. Jordan was just so much quicker and just embarrassed people with the moves he did. Uh, and even taking over a game with a bunch of average guys. I mean, okay, yes. You know, when they were winning the championships, they had Dennis Rodman, they had Scottie Pippen, uh, Steve Kerr. But when he first came into the, the league, he didn't have those guys. You know, Pippen didn't come till about three years after Jordan. Dennis Rodman got signed by the, the Bulls a few years into Jordan's career. Jordan had, I, I believe the only person he had was Charles Oakley. Uh, yeah, Charles Oakley, uh, his rookie year. And coming from Jordan's mouth, basically it sounded like a the, the team culture just was, eh, you know, we're in the NBA. We're okay with that. We don't care if we win the championships or anything. And I don't mean to spoil anything because it is a really good documentary so far after two episodes. Uh, but he he just takes it over. You know, takes a game over, drops 49, 50, and they lose scoring 100 points. Now, and I've, I've said this plenty of times, I'm not saying LeBron sucks or anything like that. But if you look at when LeBron went to Miami, he always had people around him. Other than the first time he was in Cleveland, he always had people around him that helped get him to those those championship games and, and the finals. When... Scottie Pippen was out his, I believe, second or uh, the second year of Jordan's career. Or, I'm sorry, third year of his career. He broke his foot. When he came back, they put him on a, uh, a time restraint. He only could play 14 minutes a game. And the Bulls were... The Bulls had a chance to to put themselves in a playoff spot. But Jerry Krause always told the coach, don't play him a second over 14 minutes or else you're fired. And the one game that the Bulls were playing, Jordan's time was up and they were down by two points. Kept pleading with the coach to, to put me in and kept saying, you know, the coach kept saying, I can't do it. I'll be fired. So that's when Jordan realized, you know, I, I got to make the best of my 14 minutes. Following game, he made the best. He just went off, put the Bulls in a, in a place to make the playoffs, going up against the Boston Celtics. And even though they lost that series, just took the game over because he knew he didn't have anybody else to, to really rely on like a, a Scottie Pippen or 
you know, uh, Steve Kerr, something like that. And then even the, the Scotty Pippen story about how that relationship with Jerry Krause was. But I mean, two episodes into his, it just shows how much of a dick Jerry, uh, Jerry Krause was. You know, his relationship with Phil Jackson, Scotty Pippen, even with Jordan. And, you know, if you guys haven't seen it yet, you know, I'm going to stop talking about it because I probably already spoiled some of it. Uh, you got you to check it out you know it's really good really interesting and I'll probably give like a little recap each week because every two uh, every Sunday at 9 is when it will be airing and uh, it'll be two episodes a weekend two episodes every Sunday so I'll probably like do a, a recap or something like that so I'll, I'm just letting you guys know now you'll have roughly about two three days after it airs so I'm not really spoiling it day of so, little MMA talk, you know, talked last week that Dana White came out and said May 9th will be the next UFC event, even though UFC itself postponed all events through May 31st or whatever, which I just didn't understand because May 9th is before May 31st. But came out Tuesday that UFC 249 will be taking place May 9th and according to multiple people with knowledge of the promotion's plans it will be taking place in Florida which if anyone hasn't been watching the news the Florida governor is deeming sports essential businesses so now they're going to be able to play uh, no fans but I know the Florida governor is trying to get some of the NASCAR races to get going down there. Uh, is offering some baseball sites down there to get the Major League Baseball season going. But as far as UFC 249, the only question right now is we are not sure if it will be the same card as April 18th when they were going to have that at the uh, Takashi Casino Resort, whatever that resort was called. Now, difference between this time and last time, and will you know this? This is I'm curious to see how this is going to go down. Last time, the governor of California came out and was pleading. Uh, pleading with uh, UFC to not go ahead with this event on April 18th and you know begged and begged and begged and then a day or two later is when Dana White came out and said that the the highest you can go in Disney and the highest you go on ESPN the higher ups asked him to stand down now difference here is the Florida governor is saying hey yeah you could hold it here. Let's go. Come on. You know, he wants it. Now, what does ESPN and Disney do? You know, do they ask Dana White to stand down again? Or do they allow it? Which, if that happens, to me, that just shows that they, they let the governor 
of California or Nevada, wherever the casino resort is. I forget exactly where it was. Uh, influence their decision. Like it's a PR stunt, basically. You know, the April 18th one was more of a, let's say, face type here. You know, we're the good guys. We're going along with the rules type thing. I still believe that UFC should postpone all events until we get this whole virus thing under control. I mean, PFL League just came out and said they are postponed the, the whole year. And they'll be back next year, 2021, with their uh, with their seasons. Bellator is postponing everything until basically this gets uh, cleared up. I, I just... You know, UFC out of all the leagues, all the MMA leagues, is the biggest one out there. They're not losing money. I mean, people are still buying fight passes. You know, if you go on Twitter, you, you see a lot of people saying, hey, did you guys remember, you know, UFC 35 with, with this fight happening and how this outcome? Or, oh my God, did you see this submission on UFC two, you know, 205? So they're still making their money off of the fight pass. So it's not like they're losing money they're just not making as much money and you know i understand that they do want to be the first sports promotion or league to come out of this virus as the first one to hold a event but you're putting people's lives at stake i don't care how much you test them before the match or after the match they're going to be sweating. There's going to be blood. There's going to be, you know, there's no social distancing once you're inside that octagon. And then they're going to go home to their, their family. And it's not like you see right off the bat the symptoms. It takes a couple days. Which in between those couple days there, you could have passed it on already and not even known it. Now, do I want to see... A fight on May 9th? Well, yeah, because we all want to see some sports. But I'd rather give up a little bit of time now to make sure we have the longevity after this virus is over compared to let's have a fight now so that we get put behind five, six months because of this virus. And then you're not going to have fights for five, six months. So... This one, unfortunately, I think is still going to go on. I don't think Disney and ESPN is going to step in on this one just because the governor of Florida wants to hold it here. Uh, but if they do step in, again, I don't see how Dana White could come back from this because this will be back-to-back shows that you promised to happen. And you got shut down. So. Now I mean you know. Everybody's seen Daniel Cromier. said that he wouldn't mind being the UFC president. So I don't know if. uh, He may be. Being groomed or something like that. I don't don't know if he'd be a good president. But. I mean the one thing I do like about Dana White. is is, It's showing. He don't care. I mean he cares. But he doesn't care. About what we all think about him 
And that's that's fine. That's good. But you got to have a little bit of common sense. You got to have a little bit of uh, smarts here. And right now, I, I don't think he's really showing it. You know, kind of speaking about the virus here, you know, last week we talked about XFL filing for bankruptcy and due to the, the, the coronavirus. Well, XFL is a little bit under the gun even more now because the former commissioner of the XFL, Oliver Luck, is suing Vince McMahon now for wrongful termination. What Oliver Luck is saying is basically he is owed the money that he was guaranteed when he signed to become the commissioner in May of 2018. He signed a five-year deal between 20 and $25 million, and the contract also stipulated that he'd be due the remaining balance if terminated without cause. Now, let's not forget when... XFL filed for uh, filed for bankruptcy. There was only a handful of names and companies that were named in the bankruptcy, and Oliver Luck's name was not on that list. Which was quite surprising because there was head coaches on that list. That is that are owed money. Uh, Bob Stoops, I think, was was one of them. Uh, Jim Zorn probably was another. So I think Oliver Luck may have a good case here. Don't know if he's gonna get the, the, the full money he's asking for, but I'm sure they would agree to a settlement. But I, I just thought it was funny that, you know, he he wasn't on that list. But hopefully, you know, they, they can sort this out so the XFL could get bought by the NFL. You guys know I've been really pushing for that. Hopefully have the NFL buy them to turn into a, a developmental league. And... You know, talk about segues, man. I'm really line them up here. Since, you know, Vince McMahon was just brought up, and I'm pretty sure everybody's seen about this, Rob Gronkowski has come out of retirement and was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past week. Now, before I get into the whole, you know, uh, what was all brought in, you know, what was uh, all traded and everything like that, I am curious, how is this going to affect his uh, WWE career? I mean, he's the 24-7 champion right now. Is R-Truth going to, you know, pin him in the end zone when he's warming up or he scores a touchdown? If that if that happens, NFL is just took how much of a joke they are now. They'll take it to another level if they allow that to happen. Now, nothing was said about Tampa Bay, you know, putting writing in Gronkowski's uh, contract stating that he can't do wrestling uh, during this season, which 
I know WWE won't allow that with him having a championship. I mean, geez, we saw how how they were with Brock Lesnar when he was bounced between WWE and uh, UFC. Those two companies had to negotiate it. You know damn well Tampa Bay didn't negotiate with WWE. So the the trade uh, agreement here is New England New England is going to receive a fourth round pick in this year's draft. The Buccaneers get Gronk plus a seventh round draft pick. This whole thing is just hilarious. Gronk basically came out and said, Tampa Bay is the only team I want to play uh, play for. I want to play with Tom Brady. Tom Brady actually was one of the key, uh, key contributors to help get this trade going. And this just brings up the question, did... Gronk retire because of Belichick and I mean it, it, it says it, it it screams it you know it, uh, another story just came out uh, earlier today I believe it was that Gronk said that he blocked a trade to the Lions two years ago which then he went on to win the Super Bowl retired and then came out this past week that he wanted to play now, like I said, why why would he unretire to play in New England? You know, the cold, it's not boring up there, but it's a lot boring up there compared to Tampa Bay. Now, the one question that I bring up to you guys, who got the better of the trade? I mean, New England got a fourth round pick. Tampa Bay got one of the best tight ends ever to play football. Yes, I didn't say he's the best tight end ever. I still think there's one or two other tight ends above him, like Tony Gonzalez. I I, th I still think Tony Gonzalez is the best tight end ever to play in the NFL. If, if I had to choose between the two teams who got the, the better of the trade, I would have to say New England. I mean, they got a fourth round pick for a guy that said, if I'm not going to play for you, I'll stay retired. So they got something for a guy that was just going to sit out the rest of his life. And a fourth round pick. It's not like a, a, a sixth or seventh round pick where you're going to be drafting practice squad guys. Fourth round pick, you could get you know a, a, a second or a third wide receiver. Or a second tight end. You know. The other question I bring up to you guys is. And, and with this trade. It helped Tampa Bay's odds to win the Super Bowl. Do they win the Super Bowl now? I don't think so. My personal opinion is I don't think so. Because we've seen it with the Browns. We've seen it with my Eagles. When you put all these big names together, they don't really work out. They, they're average. 
Now, if you're saying to me, you know, what big names? Well, obviously Tom Brady and Gronk, okay? Then you got Mike Evans. You got Goodwin. You got O.J. Howard, who is probably going to get traded within 24 hours, probably get traded during this draft. You know, you got four or five, quote, personalities. Now, they might not be as flamboyant as, you know, Beckham Jr., or Jarvis Landry or Baker Mayfield. You know, Philly with the Dream Team, you had Vince Young, you had Javon Curse, you had, you know, big free agent names that we, that Philly signed that year. And what do we do? We went average. I still think Tampa Bay will make the playoffs because. It's Brady, and I'm curious to see how Bruce Arians uses Gronk because he doesn't really use tight ends too much. But I I don't think they win a playoff game this year. I think they make the playoffs, and that's it. Which then, you know, I was talking to our our good friend King. I think swings the, the pendulum. Back to Bill Belichick about, you know, the, the questions I always ask. Did Bill Belichick make Tom Brady or did Tom Brady make Bill Belichick? And if the Patriots make the playoffs and win a playoff game with basically just Julian Edelman and Tampa Bay loses in the first round of the playoffs, you got to say Bill Belichick coaching made Tom Brady. Not saying Tom Brady's not a great quarterback because he is one of the best ever to play the position. Maybe top three. But this year will we'll tell exactly how great Tom Brady is. You have all these weapons now. The most weapons you have ever had in New England was Randy Moss. And I can't remember if Gronk was there yet or if it was uh, Ben Watson their tight end because they love tight ends in New England in Tampa Bay you have three top rated weapons to throw to I don't think they get out of the first round I'm curious to see what you guys say so how about head over to Twitter ST Sports Podcast And let me know what you guys think as far as Tampa Bay and how well they will do this year. So before we go, obviously we got to talk a little little draft talk here. Draft is tomorrow night, Thursday night, Friday and Saturday. It's going to be held virtually, basically like a, a fantasy football. And... There's still a little bit of concerns about internet uh, internet uh, connection issues and things of that nature. I'm off Friday, so I'm going to try to stay up and watch this. But I have a feeling this thing is going to be like six, seven hours long just for a first round. Because one of the rules, they said if there's a trade in the works real close to being done, they are, they're going to pause the clock so that way teams cannot 
jump teams because a, a, a team ran out of time or something like that. Now, as far as my Philadelphia Eagles, obviously wide receivers their biggest. I, I think their biggest need they need uh, with us picking up Darius Slay. I think helped the cornerback position. I don't think it shorted it up all the way. I think they would need one more cornerback. I, I still think Avante Max is going to be the number two guy. I think he wins that over Sidney Jones. I lost pretty much all confidence in Sidney Jones, which is sad for me because coming out of college, I was actually excited for him when we drafted him. You know, we knew he wasn't going to play his rookie year because of his uh, injury at his pro day. I gave him a pass on his second year in the league because it's his first full year in the league coming off an injury. Third year, listen, you got no excuses. Couldn't stay healthy, couldn't stay on the field, couldn't get on the field. So I don't think he's going to be a starter. Jalen Mills drops back to his safety. Other than wide receiver, and cornerback, I would like to see us take a linebacker in the second or third round. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing another running back that we could put with Boston Scott and uh, Mill or uh, Miles. But I have a feeling, you know, I, you know, I've been seeing a lot of Eagles fans saying that we sh we gotta trade up into the top twelve to fifteen spot to take the one of the top four wide receivers, but I'm telling you guys, if we could get Chase Claypool from Notre Dame at 21, it's going to be a steal. You know, he's a big body. He makes big time catches, unlike Alshon Jeffrey dropping it against the, the Saints this past playoff. Uh... Very rarely gets hurt. You know, I I think he would be a good pickup. Now, I've seen Alshon Jeffrey, obviously, is one of the players that is rumored to being on the training block for this draft. Rasul Douglas is another one, which I'd rather trade Cindy Jones over Rasul Douglas. But the way Douglas has been... Playing around with his Twitter account, you know, two fingers up in the air, see his on the other side, even though supposedly that's like a, a, a quote from a Drake song or something like that. I think Alshon Jeffrey is going to be gone, even if it's a fur pick for next year. I think Douglas is going to be gone because if we trade Douglas. Douglas will only get traded, I believe, if we draft a corner first. Because right now we have Avante Maddox, Slay, Douglas, Jones as our corners. So, they're my Philadelphia Eagles players that I think will get traded and also the positions that are a need. And I think this year we need to draft for a need compared to their normal phrase of 
taking best player available. We don't need an offensive lineman. I still have faith in Dillard to be our left tackle. Uh, JJ, I, I still have confidence in. You can't say he's a bust. It's, a, it's one year. And we had a wide receiver coach that didn't know how to coach. Offensive co- coordinator that didn't know how to call plays. So I, I just think we used JJ the wrong way. So I think that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Kind of, we'll definitely recapping the NFL draft and any other news that has come up through the week. So before we go, head over to Twitter, follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as our Facebook page, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. When you're on Twitter, uh, click our Teespring account. Uh, link head over there buy our uh, stay tuned sports i racing car t-shirt different you know types of t-shirts you could get it on as well as there's two or three other uh, styles of stay tuned sports um, merchandise there as well so until next week it's your good friend jimbo signing out